Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Joe. And this is Inside of Mind. Whether you're watching or listening, wherever you are in the world, we hope that this podcast can provide valuable advice on how to better deal with your physical and mental well-being. Sit back, relax, and join me in introducing our special guest today, Mr. Alex Byrne. What a pleasure <laughs> to have you on, my friend. I don't know about special, but yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me, lads. Mate, we've got loads to chat about today. It's been great yeah. to get to know you sort of off camera as well and yeah, behind yeah. the scenes. The most chilled out guy, cool guy I could ever meet. So Thank I told you, Joe man. about that because sometimes you deal with people and it's a bit stressful. Yeah, yeah. It's been smooth saying it. It's been Mate, perfect. Let's so just keep, keep it smooth. Yeah, let's keep so it smooth. smooth. <laughs> so the topics we're going to talk discuss today is everything based around men's mental health, mm-hmm. social media, the effects of social media, some of the charity work you're doing, and these sick challenges which you got coming up as well, <sighs> which I can't wait to talk about later on. <laughs> the first off, could you just tell the viewers a bit about yourself and a bit about your story? Um, yeah, so the way that I started to get into the whole men, men's mental health and like raising awareness, um, last year my best friend took his own life. Um, and it, to, to be fair, it was like the hardest thing for me because in the space of a year, I had the birth of my baby boy, which was like the high, highest of the high. And then within the six month span, my best friend took his own life. And then that was kind of like the lowest of the low. Um, and there's quite a few things that got me through it. Uh, obviously my son being the main one and my wife but then I just like basically threw myself into a lot of challenges and just tried to use my platform as much as I could mm-hmm. just to raise as much money and raise as much awareness as I can around men's mental health so mate that's amazing and I really appreciate and Joe does as well that you're actually using your platform mm. to do that because that's hard to do you know you don't have much from what I can see you don't have much of a private life anymore everything's quite public yeah, yeah, yeah. so doing that massive respect to you and yeah I mean I mean to be honest it's kind of annoying to me that it kind of took my best friend to die to kick me up the arse to be like I need to do something on my platform because I kind of just used it for like just kind of personal life business life I never really done anything for anyone else kind of on it so yeah it was kind of like a good thing that I decided to do really mate it's great I can't wait to touch on all this stuff later on properly as well I love with podcasts like this is if I was to meet you in a bar or a pub or wherever you don't really get to know the proper Alex Byrne I'd I'd love to throw it back to the start and hear a bit about you a bit about where you're from growing up and what that was like Okay, so as you can tell from my accent, I'm from Birmingham. <laughs> well, actually, I was born in West Brom, and I lived. I kind of moved around like the West Midlands a little bit. Um, I didn't really know my dad; never met him. Uh, so just my mom that brought me up. Um, I'd like to think that she raised a gentleman, someone that's like been brought up pretty well. So yeah, well done, mom. Um, <laughs> And yeah, obviously football was pretty much my life growing up. Uh, I was going to actually be a PE teacher. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life, to be honest. I was always kind of like last minute like thing. I never really had my life planned out. Um, and then I, I kind of like got into like PT and stuff, started to do that. And that was pretty much my passion, but like I needed to earn a bit of money. So my friend who actually passed, he got me a job scaffolding. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Just being on site with the lads, like having the crack and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then straight after that, I had a call uh, and that was when I got asked to go on the TV show. Um, and then that was when my life just completely changed from there, really. Mm. What was it? Was football sort of your main, main thing? Were you like, that's my goal. I want to be a footballer or did you always kind of in the back of your head want to be a bit of a social media influencer or did that just come, come randomly to you? I mean, the influencer thing I hate with a passion. Like, oh, really? I, uh, I hate being like the influence. I, I hate being called an influencer cause like I don't really influence nothing. What I, and get you to maybe buy a t-shirt or clothes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to me, an influencer is someone that's like adding value to your life kind of thing or like motivating you in a certain way. 
Um, but yeah, back to that. Like to me, football was always the main thing for me. Uh, and then obviously when I got injured, I just kind of like sacked that off, and then I started going out partying, drinking. Um, and then that's the way my life kind of little spiraled a little bit. And then that's when I got into like working full time and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. And then, sorry, you said from there you went into scaffolding, which your best mate introduced you to. Yeah, yeah, he then. yeah he introduced me to it. And do you know what? At first, they always used to do, like having a laugh and a joke at me. He used to call me suntan. Used to call me pretty boy. <laughs> and do you know what? I re I loved it, man. Like it was just like the best. I, that was some of the best years of my life. Like it was some of the hardest work, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and then obviously my life just pretty much like propelled after that. So. Mm. And then, sorry, from there onto Love Island. Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember. Um, they messaged me on Instagram and then I kind of just split up with my girlfriend at the time. Mm. Uh, and then I was like, I remember it just raining one day and it was like horrible. We were sitting in the van and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I messaged them back and then within like two, three months I was on the show. So what's that? Is that on Instagram? They just send you They just DM. messaged me on Instagram, really? yeah. Yeah, well, they messaged me like two, three times and then I just never replied. And then I thought, you know, because I didn't really know what it was. I don't really watch TV like I know, like the only thing I used to watch was like Big Brother back in the day. I don't really know what anything was. Uh, and then obviously I went for my interviews. I kind of like played my character up a little bit. So I got on the show and then that was it. Yeah. From there, you met Olivia, your wife, yeah. on the show. Did you ever think you'd go on that show and actually sort of find love and come away and oh, have nah. a wife from it? No. No, nah, I went on there for a suntan. <laughs> yeah. Like to be honest, this whole like influencer thing, if you want to call it that, like all the paid jobs and stuff like that, wasn't a thing really. That was kind of just coming into place when we come off the show. Um, so yeah, I just went on there not knowing what to expect. But I just think like in this kind of life, you've just got to say yes to all these opportunities and then mm. whatever comes your way, comes your way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, mate. That's so good to hear. Mm. Like, it's, sort of, it's worked out well for you. Mm. And the bit I wanted to touch on with Love Island is, and this is slightly controversial in a way, but I feel like it's either or. And you came out really well. You mm. met Olivia. You guys have a great life. You just had Abel. But I know a lot of people from that show, or not a lot, but a few, have taken their lives and not been able to sort of deal with the mm. social media pressure. What What's that like, sort of, in the spotlight of social media? Is it hard to deal with, the, like, trolls and people behind screens saying mean things on the show and calling people names and stuff? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like... I know it's controversial, but the way I think about it, like you just said, obviously they are attached to Love Island, the three that took their life. But I feel like they're kind of just used. I've got no loyalties towards Love Island. Mm -hmm. Like I speak to one of the producers now and again, like once in a blue moon. I've got no loyalties to him, so I'm not for him or against them. But that was like, can, I, can you swear on you or not? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, to me, I just feel like it's a lot of bullshit that there was like mm. it's all connected to Love Island. It's like people have got other stuff going on in yeah, their lives, and true. I kind of know what one of them got going on. But people just kind of pin Love Island to it, and it, it wasn't that at all. Do you know what I mean? But everyone just wanted to use that as a thing. Um, but going back to like the social media aspect of it. No one likes to, like, I didn't really get that many trolls, luckily. Like, I kind of, like, swerved it. But I know a few people that did deal with it. It's like, I mean, imagine just someone coming up to you all the time and just being horrible constantly yeah, every day. Yeah. It's just online bullying. That's all it is, really. But then there's a kind of, it's kind of like, you sign up for the show. you got to expect that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's such a shame, though. Well, did, did, it, did it help at all that you had Olivia with you at the same time to sort of, because you could bounce off each other and say if you were, got a nasty message from people. Mm. Could, did it help, do you think, that you came off out of each other? And... Yeah, I mean, to be honest, because we both had normal lives and normal jobs. 
then when we come off the show, we can't, everything that we went through, we was like learning about mm. it together. So any bad comments online, I mean, Liv always just says that you just block and delete them and they're gone forever. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like point. that's the thing, you just like, we just helped each other along the yeah. way really. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And the majority of people wouldn't say that to your face if they saw you in person. And that's oh. that's the most annoying thing. It's yeah, exactly. Like, that, like, they'd probably come up to you and ask for a picture like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, mate, like it's just annoying. Yeah. Like Joe and, Joe and I have had a few comments, nothing bad, nothing awful at all. But yeah. you're just a bit like, you read it and you're like, why have they yeah, why have they yeah, put yeah. that i sent it yeah. to joe and joe was like why have they put that on like a mental well-being podcast yeah it's mad but that's the thing like <laughs> pe- the fact that people take time at their day to say something bad online it's just like they're obviously not happy in their mm. life but the thing is like you're never going to be able to control it so there's always going to be idiots out there that are going to say horrible things like so you just got to try and like forget about them and move on and just mm. concentrate on the good that you're doing i guess yeah mm. is that livia's sort of Top tip is just literally block. Yeah, she just everyone. blocks and deletes everyone. Does she it. get bothered by stuff like that as well? Um, not really. She doesn't get bothered. I mean, there has been certain things in the past. I mean, it, one thing bothered me before is kind of like when I come out the show, I had all these appearances at clubs and stuff, uh, and I still find it weird to this day. But like, I was like getting drunk every single night, like, and I had a gig, I don't know, five, six times a week. I had one night off. And I remember like my mom coming to visit Essex and then I was having a meal and I wasn't even in the room. Like my mind was just gone and I lost loads of weight. And then I had like people commenting saying, oh, well, you've lost loads of weight, are you ill and stuff? And I used to really get to me to mm. a stage where I'd just like, I'd have to wear like, it'd be in the summer, I'd put like two jumpers on. Do you know Were what you mean? not aware of it at the time? Was it a bit of a wake up call for you? you... Well, like, I was aware of it, but like having people just keep saying it on your photos constantly, I was just like, it was getting me down quite a so lot. With, with, when it comes to the drinking and stuff, were you relying on that to get through it? Because oh, you, yeah. don't, you don't strive as a kind of person who actually thrives that attention with you would from, let's say, a club appearance or? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I do find it weird. Like, obviously when I was, I was 24 when I come off that show, so I'm 32 now. It's quite a long time ago, mm. so I was in a different headspace then. Like, I, maybe I did enjoy. It, I'm not gonna lie, it was like a fun time for mm. me. But it kind of got to the stage where I was drinking was over, like it was old, like overshadowing everything else that I was doing, yeah. and it was just kind of like I needed to feel normal and have a drink to be comfortable in a certain like a social situation. And being back home in Essex with your mum, that was that a bit of a wake up call for you, a bit of a kick up the ass to. Yeah, well, especially because my mum was in Wolverhampton. I moved to Essex, so I was kind of like that was the first time I'd moved out my, like my mum's house. Yeah, as well, yeah, do you know what I mean? And being yeah. an only child, like as well, and just always being me and my mum, that was a tough thing for yeah. mum and that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I bet. I bet. Mm. What about us is that in Essex now, around like Chelmsford area? Uh, no, so I moved to Chelmsford, uh, and then there we live just around by Stansted Airport. Oh, uh, yeah. nice. My girlfriend's in Chelmsford. Yeah. So oh, really? I'm there all the time. Yeah, yeah I, I love Essex. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love Essex, mate. It's so funny though. When I moved to Chelmsford, I was like, this is countryside to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, in terms of finishing off, I'll, we won't talk too much on Love Island because I know, I know you probably get asked this all the mm. time. But coming off Love Island, what were some of the main sort of lessons you took from that show and sort of propelling propelling you into your next phase of life? I've always been one of these people that's kind of just like I think I mentioned it earlier. It's like you just say yes to every opportunity you mm. get, and I feel like that's why me and Liv have kind of stayed in this kind of industry for so long because normally you get like six to 12 months and then there's another love island then you just you're gone luckily me and Liv have stayed like getting work and we've really like made a living out of it really um but i think that just stems from just being like taking every opportunity you can being nice to absolutely everyone you meet because like a lot of people let it go to their heads do you know what i mean and to me you've just done a shitty little tv show like mm-hmm. it's nothing it's nothing like mm. um 
yeah, and some people let it go to their heads and they're horrible to like the makeup artist or the cameraman. Like I'm nice to everyone. I'm just here. I'm just chatting. I'm chatting to you now. Mm. And I feel like that kind of like gets around and then you get more work and that's how it just like Stay grounded. On for us. Yeah, that's what you got to yeah, be. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially with social media as a whole. And it's, <laughs> I was scrolling through TV with my parents the other night and your house came <laughs> up on some, on some show. I, did, I didn't end up watching it because I was preparing for this. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, I was like, what? Was, uh, what? What's that like? Sort of having like your private, your your private mm. space in a way. Be on the TV. It, it looked amazing, by the way. Yeah. It's an awesome house. There's a great story behind it as well. It is um, like I still find it weird, especially when they film at your house and that as well, because everyone can see it. But then again, we had our wedding filmed. Do you know what I mean? And then we did like a TV show after it, like. Um, that happily ever after it was called and it was kind of just like life after being married with me and living that and that that was quite difficult because I got to the stage where I was getting sick of all the TV stuff mm. like I wanted to try and get away with it but then like at the end of the day some sometimes you just got to think about the bread and butter that's really. what I was going to ask you that are you able to because you're both quite down to earth aren't you are you able to separate the two lives together because that is that's work as well mm. you have to remember that as well because obviously that's a it's, a it's a good earner for you in one mm. way but actually your private life and holidays with the family especially now you've got a you know, baby mm. is, is, is is it quite hard to sort of separate the two together or have you just got into a habit of doing it yourself and well obviously like all the work and stuff that we do is from home so it is kind of hard to like separate it yeah but now that Abel's kind of gone now we've, since having Abel our life just changed completely we can't you can't even like go to the gym without right. saying Liv can you just watch him for an hour do you know what I mean um but now like he's just the nursery two days a week so that's them days that we use for work so that's where we keep yeah, the work work okay. and then all the family stuff separately nice. that's the best way to yeah, do it really nice. I think what's it been like transitioning to fatherhood um it's do you know what the biggest thing that I've learned is and I think this stems from me being an only child like I need to have more patience because it's kind of just like all your time and that is gone as well. So like I said, if you want to get to the gym, you can't. You've got to plan everything around this little person in front yeah, of you. Yeah. It's mad. But then like, especially if I'm putting Albert to bed and sometimes he doesn't want to go to sleep, I'm just like, oh God, but then he'll look up you and smile. It just makes it all worth it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's what's taught me the most is just to have more patience. And to, to be honest, be more present as well. I kind of went through a stage of just being on my phone constantly. And the, I mean, I was getting to the stage where I would have Abel in my arms walking down the uh, top of the stairs to the bottom. I checked my phone at the top. By the time I got to, I put it back in my pocket. By the time I got to the bottom, I pull it out again. I just check and I was like, oh, I'm addicted to my phone. It's mad, isn't it? It's mad. It's mm -hmm. crazy. It's just such a vice. Yeah, I have that problem at the moment is obviously you get your screen time that comes through every day <laughs> and like it's stupid. I must be spending six, seven hours yeah, a day on my good. phone. It's so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. one thing I find hard is the majority of the things I, I hate social media. That's that's one of my things. I'm a very private guy. Mm -hmm. And this is this is tough for me, you know, being on a podcast, putting my life out there. But one of the main things which has been really hard for me is because I'm private, I used to switch my phone off. Mm. But now everything's on social media, the podcast, yeah. what I'm doing, you know, if I'm talking to Siobhan on editing um, behind the scenes mm. and it's just I feel like I can't get away from it. Yeah. And that's what I find really hard is like, do, do you have sort of digital detoxes in a way and just are you able just to close it off and be like, nah, that's it, I don't want to, because that's something I really struggle with. I'll be honest, I, I think you're totally right, I struggle with it as well. Like, there's so many, there's actually a little thing you can buy, I don't know if you've seen it, and like it's like a little box with a cold in, and you put your phone in the box, and then you time it for, for an like hour. A little time. Yeah, 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 and it, yeah. Don't like open. it doesn't open, yeah, really. it doesn't yeah. open until the hour's up, so you've got, you're off your phone. I was thinking about getting that, let's say how bad I was. Um, 
but yeah, it's just it's just hard to like kind of keep the two separate because obviously you want your podcast to grow and do well, mm. so you've got to put all your time mm. and effort into it, and it's not like you can get all this work done in nine to five. Sometimes at seven, eight o'clock at night, you might need to do something. But I think it's just about kind of setting yourself boundaries and limits to like how much you can work in the day. Mm. You touched on uh, physical fitness before. This mm. is something we're both huge on, especially Joe's. Joe's a PT, mm. uh, coaching and stuff like that, and loves it. Um, in terms of physical fitness, what type of things are you doing for it at the moment? Because I know you've got some really cool challenges coming up for charity. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I was always bodybuilding since I was like six, 15, 16. Um, and then when I made, when obviously Joel passed, I started to like get back into running again. I don't really run since I was playing football. Mm. Um, I had a couple of injections in my knee, so I couldn't feel my knee pain. It was fine. Uh, I know I'm just masking it. I'm not fixing it, but I'll sort that when I'm a bit older. Um <laughs> But yeah, literally I just made the change to like more functional fitness. Um, and I just feel like it helped me mentally because when I'm just bodybuilding, you're kind of just like on your phone, do three sets, chill for like two minutes, back for three sets. I was getting bored of it. Whereas this, it's like constant work. By the time I finished all the endorphins and everything that's released, I just feel great at the mm. end of it. Um, so yeah, the running, running like really helps like with mm. my mental health. There is a movement behind that as well. I know it's mm. a lot of people are coming away from, I mean, by all means, like I'm, I'm big into my weight training as well, but mm. I, since I've started doing more cardio, I feel, I feel happier. Yeah. And a lot of my friends who are involved in the mental health space, uh, health space and do fitness as well, since they've started running, swimming, cycling, mm. the difference they've seen compared to the weight training yeah. is just through the roof. It's I don't know what it is. It just, they just yeah, feel something better know, for it. Do you know what I think it is? Yeah, it's like the intensity of it. Mm. Like, because you know how to get out and just run a 10K. Mm. Like, for, like, you struggle maybe 3, 4K, then you like your body gets used to it. 5, 6K, you're back in the game. Then, like, the last 2K, you really push yourself. And when I finish, I feel like I'm just going to collapse on the floor. Then all of a sudden, I just get this rush. I'm like, I've done that for the day. Of like I'm ready to go go about my day and just get my stuff done. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So no, I love that. Do you feel like mental resilience with fit, aligned with physical fitness is something that's big? Because I think this is something I spoke about on the past podcast. Was mm. I feel like I took the easy way out on a lot of physical fitness, and you know I played a high level sport, loved the gym, mm. but in my head I was always like, if no one was watching. Oh, I'd have to do the 12 reps, I'll do like 10 or 9. And that was such yeah. an awful mindset. I feel like since I've started actively being like, I'm doing that amount, I'm setting that mm. everything in my life, you know, whether it's coming to this, whether it's coming to resilience and work, whatever I'm doing has all transformed just from that one change in physical fitness and yeah. it sounds so stupid because it yeah. sounds like such a minor thing yeah people are people would say like it sounds like cliche and that but it's nice it's true yeah. I, I genuinely believe if you to me it's all about confidence like so i if you get like social anxiety when you walk to a room i get it i get it i still get it sometimes sometimes i just don't feel confident if you walk in or to a room with your head held high you feel like you're in good shape you feel good about yourself mental like physically you're going to feel better mentally and that's just a massive confidence thing mm. do you know what i mean and you touched on before as well and i know this is a sensitive topic about your best friend and i have so much respect for you mm. for talking about it on your platform raising money with Birmingham Mind and, and things like that. How how's that sort of been dealing with that? Obviously you said about having the birth of your son around that time as well. So it's a very the best day of your life and probably one of the worst days mm. of your life. How have you been able to deal with that? Um, I mean to be honest, with like the challenges and stuff that I was doing, I think it was more of a sense of I didn't want to forget him. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of helping me mentally. And then it's also helping everyone else, hopefully. Like, even because I've had people messaging me saying, "Oh, what you're doing is like really great," and you talking about it has made me like open up to people. 
Um, even if I help like one or two men a year, do you know what I mean? Or even just one, I'd be happy with what I've done. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just think that it's there's a, a lot of things that I want to do for men's mental health, and it's like helping me, it's helping everyone else, and it's just helping me not forget Joe. Mm. Did, did Joe struggle with anything before he took his life? I mean, were there signs there? What time <laughs> about him? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there was a few things. I mean, there's this person that I, didn't, well, I won't really go into, no, but he sure. kind of like the the last kind of straw was a kind of he lost his nan, um, okay. and he kind of like tried to do something before, and he can't. We thought he was kind of out of it. Um, but you never really know when someone's okay. So he'd been, he been battling for a while then? Yeah, he'd been battling for a while. Um, and then, obviously, his nan passed, and I feel like that was just the icing on the cake, with yeah. really. Because, yeah. I mean, to be honest, the first time it was kind of just like... I mean, it's hard for me to talk about, really. No, of course. Like, the first time, he was kind of telling us. Okay. like, but So it was kind of like a cry for help. And then the second time, he didn't want to... Um, well, we just thought he was fine. Yeah, yeah. And like, that was the worst thing about it, really. Yeah. Because, like, like he was supposed to be coming out with me on a night out the week after. Like, everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, I got that phone call and it was gone. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it's just horrible, really. How, how has it been with, with the friendship group that you have with Joe? How has it changed since then? Has it changed at all, dynamic-wise, in terms of reaching out to each other? or? Um, I mean, to be honest, we was kind of always good anyway. Because we kind of dealt with what Joe was going through a little bit. Because we, like, as I said, mm. we tried to do something before. But like we've had a few friends like uh, who've, they've had friends that have killed yeah, themselves yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So we've all been kind of around it. Um, but I always say like it's a hard thing to like step forward and like even say something to your best friend or even just like just someone you know mm. kind of thing. But maybe like I always call it like the three text rule. So it's kind of like you text someone saying you are you're right, mate. And if they say yeah you, and they're just like no, you're really okay. Yeah, and that's yeah, like. Yeah. Like to take all the embarrassment out of it to see if someone's okay, and then that's like the little signal to be like, I was actually asking him if I'm alright. Then they've got the option then whether to like come forward and tell you or just leave it. Like, so yeah, I love that. Mm, yeah, I appreciate that. appreciate you sharing that a lot. And just from my point of view, is I lost someone very close to me as well. And one thing I really struggled with, and it's kind of a catalyst for why we started this as a whole, was I bottled all that, mm. all of it up inside just for so long and I felt like I couldn't talk mm. and I felt like I couldn't share because I didn't want to burden anyone else. How, how was it for you when you, were you able to sort of talk about it? Obviously it's hard, very hard to talk about now still. At that time were you just, what was your mindset? Were you, let's keep this inside or did you just bring everyone close to you? And well, to be, to be honest, I didn't really, when I first found out, I got my phone like just drop my phone on the floor and then I remember just like we've got all country fields at the back of our house just went on like a two hour walk I shouldn't have done it because I left my phone in the kitchen and Liv was worried about me then I come back I just I didn't stop crying the whole way and then I remember like getting in the shower coming out and I said Liv can you get me like a bottle of whiskey and then I, I drank the whole bottle and I was like then I woke up the next day and I was like forget that I said I'm not doing that again because that's when you can get into like a little mm. like a bad routine yeah, of like yeah, thinking yeah. that's just going to be okay um, and then I didn't really speak about it for a while. Um, then I thought to myself, like, I've got all the, this following. Like, I need to start doing something. And then the first time I spoke about it, I got really upset about it. But then after that, I remember, like, people asking me about it and I could actually talk. So it's just that first step of just getting it off your chest, yeah. which helps. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Has lived really good through that process. She sounds like, from what yeah. I've just seen, I've followed you on instagram for years now That's so it's, it, yeah That's this mad. is crazy for us to like <laughs> be here actually chatting to you especially when i saw you on tv i didn't realize it was eight years ago as well yeah, i'm old now That's <laughs> <nuts>. <laughs> I'm getting old, boy. 
But she sounds like she was amazing through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm very lucky to have my wife, man. Like, she's um, she helps me out through pretty much anything. Like, she, she looks after me a lot as well. Do you know what I mean? We've got this, like, really good dynamic. Um, but, yeah, she like, obviously, at the same time when I had my son, like, I was kind of focusing on that as well. Uh, and Liv, like, let me kind of add some leniency towards it because she knew what I was going through. Mm. But, like, I just kind of had to step back up and just be a dad again, I guess. Mm. Was alcohol sort of like a... Not a soother. What's the what's the word? So like a, a coping mechanism mm. for what you were going through at at that time. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was just that first day, and then I didn't do it again. Yeah. Because I woke up the next day feeling really bad, and I was just like, I felt a bit hungover. Well, obviously, and then I just kind of thought to myself, I don't want to get into that routine because it didn't. When I was doing it, it didn't even make me feel better. Because like I thought, oh yeah, a lot of people say it numbs the pain. It don't do anything. It just makes you feel worse. Mm. So what was the turning point for you in terms of going down the the physical challenges route, or did you just that that's your background as well. So does that have a? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've had. Uh, I don't know if you know Josh Pattersonage. You know yeah. Who is? yeah, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. the um, seventy-six marathon, seventy-six days. Like yeah, I, that was nuts. Yeah, that's mad. I've done one with him. Yeah, it killed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was done. I don't know. He done seventy-six. Um, but yeah, he kind of done a few bits for men's mental health and that. And that kind of like I seen a few of his posts and I was like, I need to be doing something like that. And that's why I just channeled it into that really. So mm, all the pain sort of just into physical mm, fitness. Yeah. Have you have you seen that guy who um ran the train line have you seen him oh yeah Josh done a little bit with him yeah, yeah. all the tube, all the tubes and that yeah. he done every tube so he did like the met line did every single station yeah it's crazy would yeah, you ever do something like that nah my dog I don't think my knees would take it man <laughs> they're really bad what's the problem with the knee do you know or you just, oh, my, just my ACL is just non-existent pretty oh, much. Really? that bad yeah bad oh, okay, uh, fine, yeah. do you think you'll be able to push through these big challenges or is it oh, kind of just mind over oh yeah I'm I'm gonna do it I mean to be honest it was more of a sense of like when my ACL it's like like unilateral movements mm. and like stop and start in like this is just constant Run a straight line. running straight line it doesn't really hurt that much for, to those, for those that don't know tell the guys watching with a little bit about some of the challenges you've done or doing and... um, yeah so some of the challenges I'm doing uh, I'm actually doing a 24 hour constant run um, well that's what I was going to do and I've kind of changed the rules a little bit I'm going to do 5k every hour on the hour for 24 hours nice. um, and then once that's done I'm not going to stop there I'm just going to do something else I'm just going to keep doing stuff until mm. Yeah, well, until, um, do you know what? I don't even know when I'm going to stop. I actually really enjoy doing it. Like, I want to do, good. like, an ultramarathon, like, everything, like, so. Have you ever seen that thing called Marathon de Sable? That's, do you know no. Spencer Matthews? You heard, have you heard yeah. it from Main Chelsea? Yeah. He, um, he did the Marathon de Sable, and it's 250 kilometres in six days, I think. You, you run for fight, or you can walk it, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You just have to stay ahead of the camels. Um, 250 kilometers. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> 250 kilometers in the desert, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Not in London, not head of the But in the desert, and you do 50 kilometers a day in like the roaring heat, and it's basically this no, big competition. Right. He raised loads of money uh, for it and did it as his like charity yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, did his Everest climb as well. I don't know if you yeah, saw that nice program. Nice. But that guy does crazy, crazy Yeah, that things. is crazy. Like, I mean, yeah. I'll probably swerve that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, how much is... Is that 120 kilometres you're doing? Is that awful maths? Nah, it's good maths. Yeah, I, I mean, think yeah. it's 120. Yeah, 120? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, to be honest, I was just going to do like 24 hours constant. Um, but you can kind of just like run it... You run it at a slow pace. I mean, to be honest, I was kind of tempted to try and beat a target every 5K. So I could, so basically, I could run for forty minutes, 
and then do 5k in 40 minutes then I could have 20 minutes rest then go again mm-hmm. I want to try and do it in under half hour every time so I get half hour rest that's every cool, time dude, yeah I know that would be good to do Mate, that'd be yeah, sick. I can't make it too easy on myself <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do that through social media have like a team of you you said you were when you launched your podcast with your videographer so yeah. you're going to like film it yeah he's going to do it all I mean to be honest I was going to do it on um, a track for like 12 hours get like a DJ there and stuff and everything else and then go onto the road after um, but obviously I'd, my knee was pretty bad so I had to like push it back and now because the weather's getting worse yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I might just do it from home really so obviously we spoke about Abel before and transitioning to fatherhood one thing I always wanted to know was and could you give some advice on what sort of lessons you're going to teach Abel growing up from things mm-hmm. you've learned the hard roads and the best times what, what sort of fundamental lessons are you going to teach him well, I kind of got in trouble for this the other day, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, because obviously I got my own podcast and the first one was about fatherhood. Um, and there was kind of like mixed reviews about it. Like, to me, yeah, um, I might as well just reset on here. So, do you know, like, obviously with men's mental health and stuff, that talk about, like, we should open up more, show our emotions, like, cry, show our weaknesses and that. I 100% agree with that, we should. But then I think sometimes you need to have that resilience about you as well. And I don't, obviously, with the younger generation, if we keep pushing that narrative of showing weakness all the time, like, how are they going to build any resilience? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like you've got to overcome things on your own. Um, and I said that, and if you, to be fair, 90% of people agreed with me, then there was 10% saying, like, you don't need to push anything on your kids. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to push it on him. But, like, I'm going to teach him a bit of resilience along the way. It's like Life's not always like sunshines and rainbows, do you know what I mean? So, Mate, I completely agree no, with I can that. agree more. Yeah. I can agree more. Because it's just this scary narrative that we're pushing. Like, yeah, yeah I, and someone said like, oh, so you think crying's weakness? And I went, yeah, it is. But I said the strength comes from you crying in front of someone else. Because cry- tears, yeah, ju- tears are just pain leaving the body. That's all it is. So it is a weakness. Mm. But then to, for you to like be stronger about it, you do do it in front of people and be open and honest. And that's where you show your weakness. Do you feel like you need a sort of strong core group that you can do that to? You know, like whether that's friends, family. Oh, yeah, definitely. Live, yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, it doesn't really matter who you open up to as long as you do it. Mm. But that's what I mean. Sometimes it's it depends on the person's situation. But sometimes you go up and got to like... Get your shit together and get stuff sorted yourself. Or you got to open up and just find out what's going to help you and like like along that road. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You mentioned earlier being being raised by your mum mainly. Mm. Did she raise you to be sort of a strong, independent young man, or was it sort of was it tough love, or was it sort of sensitive? Or I mean, because obviously I never knew my dad. Like I've still never met him to this day. Um, it was always just me and my mom, but my granddad, he was kind of like my father figure. Okay, fine. And he kind of just taught me the main values is like, don't swear in front of women, though, like, like, do you know what I mean? Just be a gentleman and that. Mm. So I can't, like, I got most of my values from him and just seeing my mom, like, now that I'm a dad and raising a kid, me and Liv, I know how difficult it is. So it's made me realize how hard my mom did have it. Um, but yeah, I feel like they've just taught me like the, some of the best core values and that really. It's funny, isn't it? Because when I actually weirdly, I was Tom's first guest on here. Oh, and, really? And we, we spoke about our sort of father figures in our lives and how Tom's, mm. um, the men in his life have sort of shaped how he's behaved in a good mm. way. And I've looked at the father figures in my life and the men that come into my life and how that's how I don't want to behave. So it's pretty similar to yours in the sense that you've seen what mm. your dad's done. Yeah. Or not done in terms of not being there. Yeah. And I'm sure with your son, you'll be there, for, you know. Yeah, exactly. I feel, I feel like it's half the job of being a dad is just being there, just showing up. And my dad never shown up. And to be honest, I've never, I've never really bitched about it. I've never really whined about it. Like uh, Liv's friends, two of, um, two of the 
uh, Lib's friends, their mum and dad split up. Um, and they was really upset about it, but they've been to get that. I mean, they're like 25, 26 at the time, and they was asking me for advice. And I was like, I don't know. I said, I've never had a dad, so I don't know any different. Like, yeah, my yeah. life's been great, like, to me. Um, so yeah, obviously, I just want to be the best dad that I can be for Abel. Like, That's yeah. awesome, man. I love that. I love that you're so positive about everything as well. Mm. And you know, we touched about on the start is it's so easy to just be so negative and like, oh, I've got to have this wrong, I've had this wrong. But I think what makes the most resilient people and the best people, in my opinion, are the ones to go, listen, I didn't have that card. doesn't matter. This is what I'm going to do growing up. And yeah. when I do have a child or I do mm. you know, have a best friend, if, if you lost a best friend, I'm going to be the best version of that possible. Mm. I think that's awesome that you sort of, in a way, it's, it's tragic you haven't had a father growing up, but you've also come out the side really yeah. well from it. And you're able to be a great father for Abel, and I'm sure it's taught you a lot as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, like not having a dad, a lot of people could like act out on it, but I kind of got everything that I ever wanted. So I was, I was a happy kid growing up. And don't get me wrong, I have my days where like I'm not always hundred percent. I'm not always like confident. But then today, like today, I might feel a little bit shit. Tomorrow, I might feel good. Mm. What do you day, do on those days? What What are those days look like for you? If you're feeling a bit down, is it? Louis um, steps in and she's your rock or yeah I mean to be honest I, you can tell when I'm down because I'm very snappy mm. I become very irritable and snappy and the smallest minute thing will just annoy me and then I'll either just go for it if I haven't especially if I haven't been to the gym or just been for a run in the morning me. I feel so bad yeah, yeah. I just feel horrible about myself or especially if I've eaten like I don't really eat that great um, but like I've actually come to realize that food is a massive thing. If I feel myself full of a load of crap, like the next day I always feel worse for it. Like that's why I stopped, I stopped drinking so for that bad. reason. Yeah, yeah. Same reason I stopped drinking is because if yeah. I if I go weeks without it mm. and I'll have one two at the rugby club after a game, for yeah, example, yeah. I know I feel that yeah, I feel the next feel day. It. I feel yeah, it. Like if, if I go months and months having anything yeah. and I have something, I, yeah. I, I, I'm. My sleep's affected. Mm. I'm, I'm really that's, grouchy. That's, that's, that's the worst thing is the yeah. sleep that's affected. Yeah, massively. That's where you, that's that's why you got get irritable. But I bet when you was like drinking all the time, probably was you drinking like every week? Well, well yeah, times where I drink more, you get used to it. Yeah, you, you get you, used you, to you it. Used yeah, to and it's not a normal thing yeah, to do. Yeah, like, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I'm not saying like not everyone don't go out and drink. Like you live your life and do what you want to do. But yeah. like I said, it does affect people in different yeah, ways. Hundred percent. Have you fully cut alcohol out, or you just minimise it? Because I'm at a point where. I feel a bit too awkward, you know, a bit too socially awkward to just cut it out fully. Mm. When you're out with your mates at the pub and everyone's just on a different wavelength to you, it's just like, I, I feel so awkward being yeah. there. But I think now I'm getting older, a bit more mature, I kind of, doesn't bother me as much now, but it's still, I'm not at the point where I can just... 21. Older. 21. <laughs> Older. Yeah. Mate, you're 21 years old. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm 32. Mate, I'm old. That's mad. You're it's not like 21. Man, yeah, 21. That is insane. Ridiculous. Bad, yeah, you are an old dude. <laughs> Mate, if you'd have met me at 21, you wouldn't have had me on this podcast. To tell you that. that is mad. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, but, but yeah. oh yeah, but with like the drinking and that, like I, I do drink. I'm not gonna lie. Like I do like a good drink, but I used to do it quite excessively, mm. especially like DJing and that as well. Like going out, you're always kind of around that. Um, so, but now I've I can actually go and not drink if I don't want to drink, yeah. and so, that, that's the hardest thing. Really. Tell me about DJ then, because that's something that you're getting really mm, into at the minute, isn't that. it? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, I grew up. Like, going out, I didn't really go to pubs and clubs. I was going to raves at, like, 18. Um, 
I was going to say 17 then, but I might get in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I was going out to like raves and stuff. So I kind of grew up around that. All my friends was kind of DJs. And then I kind of just like, I, I always wanted to do it, but I never had the time. And obviously when, when my life changed mm. and like my work and I had more time to do whatever I wanted to do, pretty much, I decided to do it. And then I, it was so funny how I got booked. Um, my mate, he could actually DJ at the time. I couldn't. Mm. I was in Dubai and there was a video of me on the decks. So I didn't really know what I was doing. He just said, turn that down and turn it back up. And then these lads that I knew from Birmingham, there was like, um, I don't know, you could DJ. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can DJ. <laughs> and there's, they they run a big event in Birmingham. And I used to go to this club when I was a kid. Uh, and they said, uh, we've got an event in two months. Like, do you want to play you and Joey back to back? And I went, yeah. So I went to this place called Pirate Studios where you can like, you rent the deck set, you rent the space for an hour. Yeah. And I was there four times a week for two months. Let's to DJ. And then when I first got behind the decks, I was shaking. <laughs> I dropped the tune and everyone went mad. And it was the best thing I've ever felt in my life. Then it just propelled from there. Really. Have a look back. Make it. That's yeah, wicked. never look back. That's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just take the opportunity yeah, and just yeah. run with it. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah. What have you got lined up for it now? Um, so I'm actually oh, this weekend I'm DJing three gigs, so I'm going to be quite tired this weekend. Um, what three in? Yeah, three. In, nah, just uh, three in Saturday. <laughs> yeah, daytime ones and nighttime ones. Um, and then uh, hopefully uh, Ibiza is on the cards next year That's and Malta. Yeah. yeah. How does that? How does that marry in with your life at the minute? Does it work f- perfectly with the sort of family setup? And yeah, I mean to be honest, like I'm glad it's not. I used to do it every week, and now it's kind of like once, twice a month. But to be honest, it's nice because I don't want to. When I go out, I like I can enjoy myself and have yeah, a drink. Yeah. Then, if it was yeah. kind of becoming like every week doing it, then I'd get myself into a bit of a rut. And then having a kid and being on goal for the next day is not the best thing. Ever. It's also probably a bit. That's like your thing. Mm. Um, separate family life, like you said, it's quite hard to separate family life to an extent yeah. with Abel and live doing the same thing. Mm. But that sort of music thing where you go to a studio, you're practicing. Mm. That's probably like your thing. That and physical fitness. Well, it's a hobby. Like yeah. I, I'm not. I don't really look at it as work. Like if you if I make money from it, yeah, fair play. But like I do because I love doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of it's quite it's like you said. It's like fitness and um, music. I feel like that's my thing. Like yeah. Mm. Would you ever do like a music event? For raising money for charities. Oh, 100%. I mean, to be honest, I actually spoke about this. Um, Lab 11, where that's the first club I played. It's one of the biggest clubs in Brum. Um, I was thinking about doing like a 24-hour DJ set, like, but all my mates jump in. Mm. For like twenty four hours, and you like you like live stream it, and then we just go back to back for like twenty four hours. It'd be so good. I know, I know. Would you do that with um, for Birmingham Mines? Yeah, I do all everything. I'll do is for Birmingham Mines. Yeah, I went rare, looked at all their offices and all their work that they do, and I just feel like. And obviously, it was close to Joe and that as well. So that's the reason I chose Birmingham Mines. Yeah. Tell tell us a little about while we're on the subject of what Birmingham Mines are doing, the difference they're making, what kind of what they're doing in the local community, and yeah, so. Obviously, when people they've got like the the hot like hotline, if you want to call yeah. it that, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. call. Obviously, they've got people working the phones and stuff like that. They've got like um, social community events that they do, um, and all the money goes to like employ more people to be on the phones to yeah. talk to more people because not a lot. There's always some people that slip through the cl- uh, cracks and never get through to them. Yeah. Um, so obviously, the uh, the more people that we can get beyond the phone, the better that you've got a chance of helping people really. Um, and when I went around the offices and they showed me everything that they do. Um, I was just blown away, really. Some of them, like, not a lot of them get paid. Like, it's just all, I mean... Volunteer stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of volunteer stuff and that as well, so it's really good. Um, And yeah, like I said, because it was, like, close to home, I just thought that would be the best way to do it. Unreal. Is it based around men's mental health as a whole? Everything, yeah, it's men's mental health, yeah. 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 That's it. 
I'll put all the links below and make sure everyone, oh, everyone knows you. all about Birmingham Mine. I just wanted to read you this quote which you which you put on your Instagram oh, and, no. and see your see your point of view on this now. You've done so well with it is I hope you can all get on board with this journey with me and we can make a difference to how men deal with their mental health. I'm ready to talk and I want others to be too. I will challenge myself month in, month out to make that happen. I just need your support to raise funds and give Birmingham Mine the opportunity to make a difference. This is for Joe. How does that feel listening to that now, knowing you've had over 500 people donate to your Birmingham Mine cause from what you've set up? Is that like a massive sense of pride that comes from that? Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, like I called it for Joe because I didn't really know what to call it. Um, so it was just kind of like, I'm doing this for Joe, I'm doing this for Joe, and that just become a thing. Um, and to read that back now and like listen to it, it's like, I was very humbled, like, but like before, and like, like I said, I never use my platform to do something good, and now that I have, like, it's just like you said, it does fill me with pride. Um, but like I said, I, I'm doing it to like help me mentally, and I'm also doing it to like help as many men as I can. Mm. So, do you have a set amount you want to achieve for? Well, I put like 50k on there, but I just feel like I'm just going to get more than that. Because when it goes, uh, when it reaches 50k, I'm just going to keep it going. There's, no, there's not really a limit, like really. Mm. So, And sort of using your social media to, to boost that up. Obviously, we spoke about social media before. And I think social media can be quite a damaging place. But mm. as we just said then, social media can also be a pretty awesome place. Especially yeah. raising <laughs> funds like this as well. Just to come back to it before I forget... You said about these challenges, um, is that going to be, so everything's linked to Birmingham Mind, mm -hmm. and then you're going to do this five kilometre run, 24 hours, yeah. so 120 kilometres, which I think is like, I don't even know how many miles. You can do it if you want. You can do it if you want. I'll do a 5k. I'll be a pleasure. That'd be a pleasure. We'll do a 5k with you. Yeah, we'll do that with Inside of Mind, raise much awareness for Birmingham Mind as possible. That'll be awesome. So these are physically demanding tasks you're doing. And we said before, does it sort of come to mind over matter when you're doing these things? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I'm running and stuff, and sometimes I cannot be bothered. Like I'll be on like a 5k or a 10k and I'm like, I can't be asked today. And then I do think in the back of my mind, ah, oh, for Joe, for Joe. That's what I kind of Remind yourself. Of. Yeah, you just got to remind yeah. yourself a little bit. Um, but yeah, like having like a challenge in place and like a time, I've got until this day to do it, that like excites me. Do you know what I mean? I've got a challenge to mm. do myself. So What's the time set for it? Like your date you're going to do so it? So the day, the day it was well. moved, because obviously I've, I've redone my knee in, which was not good. So I'm just waiting to get some injections done so I can't feel any pain and then I'm ready to go. Awesome. Man. Yeah, it's so bad. I shouldn't really <laughs> say that, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I bet Liv's thrilled to hear. Oh that, yeah, 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 as long as I can still carry able, she'll be wheeling around. <laughs> I was going to ask Instagram. Well, this is what we normally do. We ask Instagram, leave some questions for the guest day. I didn't want to put you on the Instagram just yet. I wanted okay. to sort of let everyone see that when it comes out, and we hopefully do a good job of producing this in a good way. But when I sat down a couple nights ago, I was like. What were two sort of questions I'd love to ask Alex? And if I was in Alex's boots, what questions, you know, would I feel, would feel like would help the most people? But the first one I want to ask is, I'd love to know what your sort of goal is over the next five to ten years, both personally. Obviously, you've got this charity stuff as well. Personally, with Abel, is there another kid on the card? Potentially. And then, obviously, with the charity stuff and work stuff, what's your plan for the next five years? Or is it spontaneous? I mean, 
I'm pretty spontaneous, really, but I want another kid. I want a little girl. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, and to be honest, like, I'm pretty, like, I like an easy life, man. Like, like, like I said, when I was scaffolding, I had the time of my life. Cause I had, it was a nice, easy life. I get to work, get paid, leave. Do you know what I mean? My work is very much scattered now. What I'd like to do is just, like, really in a little bit not do like social media as much like posting kind of stuff and like maybe develop my podcast a lot more um yeah i'm gonna we're actually moving out of our house at the minute so that's like a big thing we're gonna move in more into the town so abel's around other kids oh, and stuff awesome. we're kind of we're kind of like secluded at the moment um and yeah to, to be honest that's pretty much it man i ain't really thought about it too much like with the challenges and that i don't think they're gonna stop i'm just gonna keep doing as many as i can yeah i love that and with your podcast as well, we'll talk about it quickly because I know you released your first episode mm. today on the What the Fuck podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the FAQ, what the, whatever you want to call it. And that was based on fatherhood. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What's the next one coming out? I saw you film like a behind the oh, scenes. Oh, there, there was a Halloween special that we did. Yeah. So basically with the podcast that I do, it's kind of just like, it's because it, I shoot it at my house. It's just me, me and Elliot, my friend. And then we'll have guests on and that as well. It's very like you walk in, the cameras are already rolling. It's just a chat. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's no like questions and that. I just wanted it to feel like a chat that everyone can get involved in. Or laid back. Yeah, just really yeah. laid back yeah. and just like if you mess up, you mess up. And say like if someone has to go out to the toilet, I'll just be on my phone and the camera will still be it's running. Wicked. Do you know what I mean? It'll just yeah. be like really yeah. natural. And stuff have you got like, like so. topics to talk about or is it just everyday stuff? So that's the reason why we called it what the FAQ. So we are on my Instagram. I'll put like a question box up and they'll say. Uh, what questions you want to ask this week or whatever or over the next I just put, done like a, a massive question box and then they just sent loads of stuff in say there was like 10 about men's mental health yeah. then I'd make one episode around men's mental health yeah. there was a lot around fatherhood so I did it about fatherhood um, I'm not going to give too much away but the next one is Halloween special and then we're going to do a music one so yeah. I'm going to get a DJ to come in Wicked. that's like quite well known uh, and then talk about the, what the actual scene's like and then we'll do a social media one it's and exciting. stuff like that it's yeah. good, mate. Mate, we need to have five. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'd have you on, man, for the mental health one. That'd be great. That'd be, mate, wicked. That'd be good, that, man. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how well we'd. I'm sure we'd be alright. I don't know how well. <laughs> oh, we'd mate, you'd be fine, side. man. We should have to get another. We've only got three marks. We'll get another one. I'll be fine. Wicked, yeah, I love that. Appreciate. Sure. I'm gonna end it on this question, and this is something that I tend to ask at the end of all of the podcasts. But I think it's one of the most powerful things, and it's if you have the opportunity to broadcast one single message to the world given all you've experienced, everything you've learned, and everything you've advocated for, what would that one message be? Uh, just be present. Just be present in everything that you do. Um, and I've learned to realise that when I had my son. Like I said, I'd sometimes be on my phone when I was giving him his bottle, and I'd be like, what are you doing? Do you know, do you know what I mean? I'm only going to be this like age and size for a little bit. Like you got to cherish every moment, so just be present in everything that you do, and just give you 100%. The ministry of presence goes a long way. That's wicked, man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on.